podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello there guys, what is going on? Daniel Childs back here again for my rational perspective on Luton 2, Chelsea 3. Chelsea do end 2023 with a win away from home. But of course, because it is 2023, we still do have some negatives to speak about because heart rate like I'm sure like a lot of you watching that last 10 minutes was elevated and it should have never got to that stage. And I, I think it's such a shame, isn't it, that a win is a win and, and, and I think we still have to celebrate and we have won two in a row now. And the fact that the team got through in the end there at a difficult ground that many better teams in Chelsea have struggled uh, at so far this season. But it's just that game management thing again and I think it will raise questions around Mauricio Pochettino and his managing of this group of players because I don't think it's just all about Luton are a difficult team so that onslaught late on was inevitable no we were 3-0 up the game should have been dead we should have seen it out and the lack of ability of this group of players to understand game state to understand game management is something that is of, of big concern it really is because to build a foundation to build anything where you can get through periods of the season where you can be consistent when you're not always at your best I I don't just think it's a case of Chelsea coming against a team who physically have have caused a lot of problems and because they're a bit unorthodox they're a bit of a throwback team it's, it's an intimidating place to go that that's why Chelsea had to hang on and you know in the end I think it took the brilliance of Petrovic in goal and an, a, a wonderful tackle in the dying seconds by Alfie Gilchrist, who I love so much, to really save these points for Chelsea. That should have never been in doubt after the third goal. But we do have a lot of positive things to speak about, naturally, because it is a win. And I feel that, as I say, for 80 minutes of that game, I think Chelsea had done everything I would have wished they would in this game in the sense that, you know, Chelsea limited Luton to very little, you know, clear looks at goal. We knew, and and you have to understand, as I've just said, you know, you do understand that it's not going to be a pleasant game. It's not going to be a nice football, technical, aesthetically pleasing game when you go to Kenilworth Road. This team, apart from the one that we faced back in August that we won against quite comfortably, have very much solidified what type of team they are under Rob Edwards. I think there's a real appreciation of how Luton are going to be able to survive if they can survive in this league. And it's very much sticking with their core principles with a little bit of flexibility from from Rob Edwards. But it's about getting it wide to those wing backs, Doughty, especially on the left. And it's about throwing bodies in the box. It's very simple, but it's about being effective in both boxes. And late on, Chelsea found that out the hard way. But the way Chelsea started the game, I thought was brilliant. Simply because the two goals we scored in that first half, in a first half that wasn't littered with big Chelsea chances, were very un-Chelsea-like, where you have two attackers who were just ruthless when they needed to be. And that made the key difference and set up, you know, a gap and a lead that Chelsea were then able to protect or going to try to protect and try and throw away. Um, Firstly, I think Cole Palmer, it's a mistake. But capitalising on on mistakes is not something Chelsea do very well. But I thought the way Palmer took that out of his feet and absolutely rifled it into the bottom corner was brilliant. And, you know, Palmer, you know, as as we'll see later on in the game, obviously is such an influential player for Chelsea at the moment. 
And in terms of this season for him, it was another really nice day to really show that his quality when, you know, maybe my predicted 11, I wouldn't have had him instantly in the starting 11, you know, given that I wanted to see Noni Manawake continue to play. Would you have started Christopher Nkunku again, Mikalo Mudrik? of course, scored the other night, but, you know, did come off with a with a knock. So him coming back into the team and performing as well as he did, I thought was a really good sign. I thought it was a little bit of a surprise to see both Armando Breuer and Nicholas Jackson start this game. Now, I think at times that height and physicality made sense. I can't say for certain, though, it worked because there became a period in the second half. So Chelsea, you know, Let's just talk about the Noni Manawake goal because I I thought actually the Noni goal was absolutely terrific, a truly wonderful piece of play all round, precise, quick, the quick ball that then gets uh, played to Cole Palmer. Cole Palmer turns, integral to Chelsea's play, finds Noni Manawake, and Noni in the last couple of days. I think has really turned around his season, given he was basically on the fringes of the Chelsea starting eleven. Many talks of you know Pochettino not really fancying him and I think the the evidence of his team selections so far this season have said as much and the fact that he takes that out of his feet and had already looked pretty bright on on the right side and then just absolutely smashes it in and it's it's not the it's not a high quality chance is it but it's a moment of individual brilliance which Chelsea desperately need a lot of the time and it shows a player willing to try things and, and a player that looks confident despite not playing a lot of football. I think that's what's so impressive is, you know, other players can come into the situation and maybe be a little bit raw and erratic and not really get get up with the speed of the game. They haven't been playing a lot of football. But the fact that Madawake in two occasions now has very much taken games by the scruff of the neck has made a clear impact on them, I think is a brilliant sign. And hopefully solidifies his place in the starting lineup moving forward because I think he absolutely deserves it. And I also felt, you know, from a defensive point of view, you know, we had come up against set piece threats, but I thought Thiago Silva, I think, deserves a shout out today because he's come under a lot of scrutiny and criticism. I don't think all of it is unfair or invalid, but I thought from a defensive point of view, he always seemed to be first. He always seemed to be commanding his box and later on in the game that became even more important but I thought for the majority of the game he proved to be the experienced old head that you want Silver to be in these type of situations and uh, given that a lot of people want to see him just kind of thrown out the team I thought today was a was a good occasion for him to show he still has that quality he still has that know-how and had to do a lot of defending right and I thought across the team it seemed to be going in that direction. I thought Petrovic was brilliantly commanding at set pieces, something we haven't had from a goalkeeper for a very long time. The number of times they got a corner and it just land in the gloves of Petrovic. I mean, Thibaut Courtois, it feels like that was the last time, or Edouard Mendy when he was at his best. Um, there's a lot of things that Petrovic does that are quite simple, but really, really effective that I think makes him, it looks like he's going to be a good signing for Chelsea and, and why he probably should be number one for the rest of the season barring any injuries to him or massive dap, uh, dips in form. But I think my frustration was, my concern was that Chelsea weren't really offering a lot in the final third. That all changed by a brilliant piece of skill and then passed by Nicholas Jackson, who I thought again today, I, I spoke about this in yesterday's show about his all-round centre-forward play. 
and he actually made some key defensive interceptions late on when Chelsea were getting hit down both flanks, trying to protect the lead in, in added time. But here was a brilliant demonstration, an obvious demonstration of what Nicholas Jackson is bringing to this Chelsea team that needs to be appreciated. The fact that he was able to turn and then thread a pass brilliantly into the feet of Cole Palmer. And Cole Palmer, with a truly extraordinary piece of skill, just poise delicate just confident a player who looks like he's done this a thousand times before of course he hasn't but you know he, this is a guy who already looks quite mature in these situations and when it goes to 3-0 when he's going into the crowd and you know we're all very happy and, and it looks like oh what a wonderful way to end this absolutely devastating year but then the fact that the game still isn't over with 15 minutes to go. The fact that Chelsea, even in that situation, could be going into the final minutes stressing about clinging onto a lead is just atrocious. Now, I thought it was absolutely poor that Chelsea brought on Christopher Nkunku but didn't utilise his speed in transition against the team that were pressing up against us. It just felt quite obvious. Was Mikhailo Mudrik not fit enough to come on as well? That's another piece of speed that I would have maybe brought on. Um... Could you have brought on another centre-back earlier to really shore up the game? The fact that, again, it's another situation where he's bringing on Alfie Gilchrist with literally, like, minutes uh, left in the game and you need a little bit of leadership. Again, Pochettino, I think, will rightly get a lot of criticism today for the way that team dropped and dipped because it's not an anomaly. We have seen this before. It reminded me of the Arsenal game, right, where we let that slip. And there have been other moments within games where Chelsea just go from a position of dominance and comfort to a position of just complete jeopardy and inability to stop themselves being counted on or being attacked. It just it just became so obvious what Luton were doing and it was so easy for them. So when the Ross Barkley header goes in, another set piece goal conceded, uh, a free header inside the box. And then it's ju it just felt like an inevitability, to be honest, that they were going to score a second at least. The second is... is as bad in the sense that it was so obvious what they were doing and getting out wide, throwing it in the box. Petrovic, as he has been doing in recent games, I think has, has done his best to try and save Chelsea. He made a brilliant save, I think from Morris, wasn't it? From a set piece, another free header that he prevented, you know, going in. He he should be given as much flowers as anyone else today, really, in terms of his ability to stop chances going in and making some key saves to relieve pressure. Uh, but the fact that the second one comes, you're just, it almost felt like this is only going one way. They did have six minutes and they did have a sizable chunk of time to do something. Chelsea then were able to cling on. But the shame of it, the real frustration for me is we should be sat here talking about a brilliant attacking performance. We should be sat here talking about great that we're going to two wins in a row into the end of the year. Of course, we've got the FA Cup now, so there's a little bit of a gap between this game and the next Premier League game at home to Fulham and hopefully to build some momentum. But I still feel like a chunk of the analysis post-game will be about that final 10 minutes and how Chelsea nearly let it slip. Some of that, of course, you give credit to Luton and the atmosphere and the momentum and the spirit of that team to keep going. It's not to try and say that Luton deserve no credit. Of course, as a team, they look very well drilled under Rob Edwards. It's, that's not my point. I think my, my general point is how can a team be so comfortable and just literally it flips to the other way where they look absolutely out on their feet, incapable of stifling their opponent, relieving pressure. 
these are things that again feel really fundamental Achilles heels that are going to catch you out sooner rather than later and have caught Chelsea out already so I feel like that's just obvious to speak about in today's analysis. I, I want to be positive and I know some of you were disappointed with some of my criticism after Palace um, and it's two wins in a row and it, it, it was Pochettino at the base level at the moment needs to pick up points. Chelsea at the base level need to start picking up points to basically secure their place in the Premier League for next season, but then also to try and gain some momentum and actual results to start feeling like Chelsea going into 2024 can start going a little bit like this rather than very inconsistent, very incapable of winning games and bringing any joy to Chelsea fans. So the fact we have ended the year with a win at the end of the day, even though it was absolutely dramatic at the end, is of course a positive. There's, I, I don't, we can't brush that aside. I think when we all calm down and we we look back at it, yeah, that's a, a vital three points, hopefully. And it's, it's at a ground that teams have struggled with. I mean, Newcastle lost there recently. Arsenal were pushed all the way. Uh, Man City had some troubles there. Liverpool couldn't beat Luton at Kenilworth Road. So the fact that we've got six points against this Luton side, um, especially, you know, going to Kenilworth Road at, at this time of the year uh, and getting three points it is not something to be sniffed at. It's not something that you can just dismiss. I do think, though, you can't be overly surprised if the analysis from Chelsea fans, who are happy, of course, we're always happy when Chelsea win, will be how did we go from that position of comfort to that position of instability within such a short period of time and that experience and know-how and game management. It has been accused of Pochettino already in different situations of, of being able to change the game and understanding game state. And I don't always think, I spoke about this in yesterday's show, the balance between player responsibility and coach responsibility. There has to be a dynamic where players have to do things themselves uh, because the coach can only do so much. But there also is a sense of if this keeps happening, if the coach, their changes from the substitutes bench are not impacting the game, changing the flow of the game. And in a, in a case here, we're 3-0 up, completely it goes the opposite direction is something. And, and we're seeing a repetition of goals being conceded from set pieces and physicality. Chelsea lacking that inside the six-yard box when they're defending I, I don't think that's an unfair analysis. Um, if it ended 3-1, if it ended 3-0, we wouldn't be speaking about this, but we have to speak about what we saw in front of us. And I don't think any Chelsea fan walked into that you know, game or walked into that final at least five, six minutes with any comfort or a lack of concern about how we got to this situation. So I try and be positive I try but I also try and be constructive and I try to look at things in in a wider perspective because you know those things are not things that you can just do on a regular basis and get away with you know if Chelsea continue to have those lapses I think more often than not we will be punished for them which then in turn how do we progress as a team but we have ended 2023 with a win happy days I hope you have a wonderful new year and uh, hopefully Chelsea can uh, make 2024 miles and miles and miles better because this has been an atrocious year so at least we ended with a win and also to see the brilliance of Cole Palmer um, what a wonderful talent and, and it really looks like Chelsea have have made such a shrewd signing with that player and I'm excited to see what he can do 
moving into 2024 and continues to be an integral Chelsea player. So those are my thoughts. If you did enjoy this show, please do hit the subscribe button. Please hit the like button as well. Share this video around with fellow Chelsea fans to get more people involved in the community. You can follow me across the socials at Son of Chelsea. As I say, have a great, happy new year and I will see you again very soon. All the best. Sports Social Podcast Network.